and welcome to the Starter Ripple podcast. I'm your host, India Pearson, and I believe ripples are made when we connect movement with nature, not only for our mind and body, but also the environment too. This podcast is a platform for me to chat with inspiring folk who feel the same and have some fascinating stories to tell from their experiences. I hope the conversations that come from this podcast will encourage you to get outside move, dream big, and see what happens from the ripples you create. Time to introduce my guest. Elaine Macy is a dreamer and a doer. After training as a dancer, she co-founded 4Motion, a community-led company that celebrates inclusive dance, yoga, fitness, and being outside in nature. As a self-described adrenaline junkie, Elaine has run ultramarathons around the coast of Cornwall, paddleboarded the length of the River Thames, and swam around the Isle of Scilly. You'll most likely find Elaine dreaming up her next challenge whilst on the beach near her hometown of Newquay, either surfing, supping, running, or practicing yoga looking out to the Atlantic Ocean. Her passion for nurturing the mind and body in nature has more recently led her to qualify as an NLP practitioner and Blue Mind coach, helping others to discover their dreams and spark for life. Elaine embodies everything the Starter Ripple podcast is about, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show. Hey, Elaine, and welcome to the Starter Ripple podcast. How are you doing? Really good, thank you. Very excited to be here today. Oh, it's so good to have you. And a little disclaimer, I've known Elaine for over 10 years now um, and have been privileged enough to follow her journey through life. But Elaine, if you could share with the listeners a little bit about your background um, and, you know, where your ripples began. Okay, well, I think um, if you were to ask my mum, you would say um, from the moment I entered the world, I was quite a wriggly, energetic child. Um, couldn't stop moving and I think that um, hasn't changed in in my adult life now so yeah growing up I quickly learned that I was a kinesthetic learner um, so I learned from doing and that kind of led me to my dance training um, or enjoyment of doing dance as a child which then led me to kind of go on to study dance and yoga and sup yoga and um, I guess through movement has um, connected me with people and how I enjoy kind of living my life, just getting out there moving and sharing that with people. And you've even got a business, Full Motion, which is all about movement. It is indeed, yeah. So Full Motion, we're 15 years old this year. We are a creative arts, wellbeing and cultural CIC, which means we're a community interest company and we reinvest our kind of time and energy and profits back into our social mission and um, our mission is to help as many people as possible stay moving stay connected and just feel great and enjoy life Um, and we do that through dance yoga fitness running retreats uh, youth training um, online our online community we also have a community studio and a social enterprise cafe as well called the loading bay so it's it's everything you could ever ask for it's all there um and I bet that keeps you busy uh yes yes it does it does indeed yeah so I run it with uh, my good friend Dean and um I guess it started you know in the first five years of Formotion we were exploring what we wanted Formotion to be and, and what it meant to us so we did a lot of volunteering um international work in with the wonderful Epic Arts in Cambodia 
we were commissioned by the British Council to work in Beirut on a, um, a youth um, engagement project um, in Bosnia and Bali and, and just kind of in, engaging with these charities and organisations and kind of learning from them and coming back really informed how we wanted to share what we were passionate about um, back, in, back in England. And the things that you guys do are incredible. So I definitely would recommend everyone to go follow Full Motion. Um, now, I know you've got a motto in your life. If you can dream it, you can do it. So can you share some of the crazy things that you had dreamt and then made happen? Yeah, I mean, one of them would be Full Motion. I remember vividly Dean and I sat around my mum's dining table going, oh, do you know what? I really want to teach. I really want to perform and I really want to help young people and share creativity and and engage people and we were like oh what can we do so there was a lot of dreaming up um some crazy ideas then that's for sure um i guess another one that comes to mind is um watching george clark's amazing spaces um series on um camper vans and i was just totally inspired by that and i just had this vision i mean i have a passion for travel and adventure and i was like oh i really want to go and just experience my own country in my own camper van so I um, went and bought an old Royal Mail um, LDV um, called Bo and dreamt up adventures with her. And yeah, six years later, we have uh, explored many of the wonderful coastlines and in, in Wales. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess on, on a fundraise, fundraising um, one, I was volunteering in Bali in 2015 and wanting to do a voluntary and a fundraising project the following year and so I created the giving it back project so in 2016 I um, started in Ramsgate in Kent and I cycled ran swam and supped around the coast of England in in five weeks and would move for six days and wherever I arrived on the seventh day I would volunteer so I went and volunteered in um, a care home in Whitby up in Yorkshire and I worked with a, a charity in um, Nailsworth, a donkey sanctuary, helping their social media and um, yeah, raising money for Parkinson's UK and a taxi at the same time. So that was that definitely came out of some crazy dreams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to go around the whole coast of the UK, um, what was the wildest part of that trip? It was just, it made me fall in love with our country, with the UK. I just was just blown away by the coastline and particularly like up in Yorkshire, actually, I'd never been up to that part yeah. of the country before, like Robin Hood Bay. And uh, I think there was, it's very similar actually what I see from Cornwall. So, you know, it's very beautiful. And the, and the people on the journey were incredible. I remember um, arriving in um, was it Essex on my first, I had to cycle 120 miles. And I was waiting for my dear friend to come and pick me up, who was my kind of crew. And I ended up just hanging out outside of this pub, absolutely exhausted. And this, this older gentleman came up and said, oh, you know, are you OK? Would you like a drink? And he ended up buying me a cookie and a drink. And then it found out he had, he was, what, 87? And he cycled in the, when he was 75 from John O'Groats to Land's End. And I'm like, how in this moment in time, in the middle of nowhere, I've connected with this other guy who's had this most amazing cycling adventure. And so it was the stories, the stories on the, mm. on the adventure were just incredible. It's amazing when you meet somebody that you never knew existed, but you have this connection and, and, and they, they have similar experiences to you. It's just, I think it proves just, you know, getting out in nature and, and doing what you enjoy doing connects you with other like-minded people, even though I... I forget the guy's name, but it just felt like it, it was we were meant to bump into each other that day. And um, but I think how lovely that you didn't have to have known his name 
to have made a connection that has clearly you know lasted a lifetime that memory is still with you um now i know another one of your crazy challenges was going coast to coast um is that right right from one end of the uk to the other yeah and i know that you described this time as quite a turning point uh, so what happened during this challenge sort of to make it so poignant? Mm. Yeah, so that the Coast to Coast uh, fundraiser that you mentioned happened or started in January 2019. And I guess if I backtrack slightly to how I got to that point, um, it was really interesting thinking about this question because in 2018, quite a lot of things happened in quite a short period of time. Um, you know, my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. So um, I went home and supported her through that and she came through it and is fighting fit now and I also had a relationship breakup, so there was some heartache involved. Um, I also acknowledge I hadn't really dealt with the grief of my dad who passed two years prior to that. And also at the time I was living in Windsor, but I had acknowledged in my heart, I really wanted to be by the coast in Cornwall. So I had this kind of guilt thing going on about, I really want to be with Formosa and my mum and my community in Windsor, but I also for Elaine would like to be in Cornwall. So lots of stuff was going on. And that kind of led me to see the wonderful Chara Hilton, a coach um, to kind of work through that, who she then introduced me to NLP. And I then went on to study my NLP practitioner um, program in 2018. And that, just that training course with the wonderful Lizzie from Going Coastal opened up my mindset and reminded me of my life motto, motto, if you dream it, you can do it, that actually anything is possible if we kind of are in the right mindset and you set your intentions and, and you're clear of how you want to show up in the world, you can do anything. So I was like, right, next year, 2019, I'm coming at you. Um, so yeah, as I say, it started in January, 2019, um, started by doing the Arc of Attribution um, 50 mile coastal run from um, the Minnick Theatre up to Porthtowan. I swam around the Isle of Scillies. Um, I ran up the coast of Cornwall and Devon to then arrive in Gloucester and then jumped on my SUP board at the source of the River Thames and paddled source to sea, the River Thames in six days, 155 miles and over 20 hand blisters later uh, to arrive in Teddington in London where my wonderful cousin Lyle met me and we jumped on our bikes and then cycled 114 miles from Teddington to Ramsgate in, in Kent where my dad was from. So kind of this starting from the Sillies, Cornwall up across um, through the country and out the other side. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure making that connection between, you know, where you've ended up in Cornwall um and where your dad grew up in Ramsgate must have been really special it really was it was special on so many levels because I um I learned um ironically at my dad's funeral um by some stories shared by family members at the age of 14 they moved from Watford to Ramsgate and my dad was the eldest of four and he didn't want to leave he would kind of refuse so he refused to get in the in the family car to drive to to their new life in Kent so we just got on his bicycle and he cycled from Watford, which um, is old football town, and um, cycled 114 miles to Ramsgate on his own, age 14, at a time when I'm sure there's no GPS or bikes with gears and, you know, all that fancy stuff. And um, I just was like, how did I never know this about my dad? And everyone's like, that's where you get your endurance from. That's where you get your, you know, just get on with it. And it just totally inspired me. And um, yeah, it was really special to end that adventure cycling the same journey that my dad did um, for charity as well for cancer research so 
Yeah, and and to do that and then be able to think I can do anything now. Totally. And it and I think that's yeah, I think the power of the mind, once you are very clear on what um, your values and what you enjoy doing and what you're passionate about, then just going out there and doing it and living and breathing it is just such a sense of achievement and enjoyment. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in India doing my yoga teacher training, we were doing a sunset meditation, a particular technique, and I just came out of this meditation an hour later and I was like, I'm going to do an Ironman. So I got my speech and I went back to my room and, and then logged on and, and paid for an IMAT, logged into an IMAT. And then I went, oh, sugar, I haven't got a clue how I'm going to do an IMAT. And then I spent about a month panicking and then spent the next five months learning how to do that. And um, again, that kind of dream it, do it, just get out there and give it a go. And actually from doing that, that has reinforced the mindset of anything is possible. Yeah, and I bet... You know, once you've done an Ironman, you know, anything is going to seem easy <laughs> or easier, I'll say, easier. Um, now, earlier on, you touched on the fact that you went out to India to train as a yoga teacher. And being a yoga teacher myself, I'm always really interested in people's journeys to discovering yoga and then wanting to train as a teacher. So, so yeah, how, how did you discover yoga? How did I find yoga? I, um, as I mentioned, I I've, I've was introduced to dance at a very young age and enjoyed that as a hobby, but then went on to study dance at Coventry University. And at the time, it was um, kind of offered to us as a, an additional um, class, primarily to develop flexibility and um, strength. But I had an amazing teacher and a really lovely group of friends that we enjoyed our Wednesday morning Ashtanga class and um, was really taken by it. And at the time, it was quite a physical way of training I wasn't really kind of didn't dive into the philosophy of it I just saw it as like this is making me feel really good and yeah okay I'm getting flexible but when I came away from that training and had some other life events occur like um, a relationship breakup that kind of I found I, I got a bit lost in what I wanted to do and I kind of had a dip in energy I was like do you know what? I really feel like I want to immerse myself in into learning and experiencing and embodying yoga so that kind of led me to India, where I, I studied down in um, Valkala in Kerala uh, for six weeks and um, went with the intention of I'm doing this to immerse myself in it, not with I'm going to become a teacher. Um, but when I came out of that, I was like, oh, I'm really excited to share this with people. I think because I was a dance teacher, or I am a dance teacher before that, I kind of really then became fascinated by how the movement of dance and, and our inclusive way of working through full motion can like fuse yoga as well and I just think it's a beautiful way that of just kind of experiencing ourselves our breath our energy and you know it's not dance is not for everyone but I you know yoga yoga is so that kind of took me to my yoga training and then I mean I love the water I always have done I'm an open water swimmer and I attempt to surf and kind of remember seeing a supper um, paddle pass while I was swimming in Bray Lake where I used to swim in Windsor and it was like oh that looks interesting I'll um I want to find out a bit about that and then kind of went on to to study my sup yoga teacher training and then became a trainer to help other yoga teachers become sup yoga teacher trainers through the wonderful sup fit like me you taught me my sup yoga teacher training down in Cornwall oh it's such a great Gorgeous, day wasn't it so so good you know what what I love about sup yoga and what kind of pulled me to it is that when I was on my paddleboard practicing 
it would take me to this really meditative state, um, which I've later discovered has a name, flow state. And I know that's something that you have connected with too. Um, so if you could tell us a little bit more about what flow state is and how you feel in that flow state, be it on your paddleboard, doing yoga or, or even dancing. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I guess from a textbook point of view, it's a psychological state of, of um, a positive mindset. So we, we say that when we're in a, in a flow state that we are feeling energized and we're feeling alive. Um, and I guess how I interpret that through my own personal enjoyment of moving and also what I enjoy sharing with people is that it's when the body and the mind and the energy align and we are living and breathing our values and we are just out there being present. And I, I um, read recently a wonderful quote from Eckhart Tolle who says, uh, described it as feeling intensively alive. And I just think that captures it so beautifully that how lucky that we are here now and that we can be swimming or, or, or cooking or dancing in our kitchen and we are just being ourselves. Um, yeah, and I, again, like referencing a wonderful um, author, Sir Ken Robinson, who sadly passed away last year, but he wrote a book called The Element and Finding Your Passion. And he kind of described it as, it, this isn't what I do, this is who I am. And I think that to me is what I feel like I am when I'm in, in, my, in my flow state, that is me. That's true, authentic, strip back there, Elaine, dancing, swimming, yoging, running, whatever that is. Yeah, and you know, I, I know that I've I've heard a lot of sports people talking about it, a lot of surfers talking about it, I've even heard basketball players, but you don't have to experience it, you know, doing a proper sport, so to speak. I know that I've experienced it just just jumping in the waves um and having fun. Um but yeah, it's about sort of being totally in the moment. Yes, definitely. Totally being present, which, you know, if we go back to our yoga experience, like the breath, how important pranayama and breathing is to us. And often we use that as a way into our physical practice and that, you know, we are all living beings with without breath, we wouldn't be alive. And that prana, that energy is that then brings manifests it into our physical form. And we can enjoy that by any means that we wish. But it's the essence of our energy just being mm-hmm. yeah and, and I think it's important to realize those times when you've been in that flow state and to do that more you know I've got, I've got memories of being in that flow state as a child you know just jumping in the waves and having the best time and then you know totally totally disconnecting from that through my teens and early 20s and then now it's only now that I've realized that I need need that more in my life and and I've reconnected with it um and and it's something that I think we we should all realize that we do what fuels our soul totally and it's so lovely to hear you reminisce on that story because that's exactly what I experienced this morning kind of thinking about this talk and you know I'm a big believer in getting myself in the right state and and frame of mind um before I want to show up and uh, you know for me I started by going to run along the coastline I wanted to see the sea I wanted to get muddy and feel my breath 
But then I was like, I just got an urge to jump in the sea. And it was, I was just jumping the waves and I was laughing and giggling out loud going, I just feel like a child. And as adults, when do we get to do that? I mean, we should do this more, right? We, it's, um, yeah, so it's just lovely to be in that flow state and, and doing whatever makes you happy, but um, embracing it. And uh... mm. Yeah, and I recommend to anybody listening right now, take yourself back to a time when you believe you could have been in flow state you know that might have been doing something last month dog walk or something or it might have been you know way back in your childhood and whatever that was see if you can recreate that and do that again because it is such a liberating feeling and do more of it too um now elaine it's clear that you know nature plays such a big part in the way that you move and even more so you know since you moved down to cornwall but has that influence of nature in the way that you keep yourself fit and healthy to change the way that you see the world yeah it's a good question I think I've since moving to Cornwall I have have a more affinity to nature for sure I think I'm very lucky that I've got the, the ocean on on my doorstep in that I make a conscious effort you know I love my cold water swims and I'll, I'll do that a good couple of times a week and for my own well-being and to just check in and go oh I'm alive yeah okay let's now go about my day and we've just got such beautiful coastlines and I love my running and my walking and um, in the warmer months doing practicing yoga meditation on a clifftop overlooking a beautiful sunset it's just I know that makes me happy and I know that when I'm in a state of stress or worry or I've got deadlines happening and that you know we could get bogged down and I do but I think it's knowing that you've got those self-care little toolkits of like okay I need to shift that now what do you need to do okay I'm going to go for a walk I'm going to go for a swim I'm going to go do some yoga whatever it is and for me doing that out in nature um kind of re-energizes me so um yeah I, I think I've done that more that connection between my practice and moving and exercising outside since I've been in Cornwall yeah and it's great to hear how it's affected you from a physical point of view but how has it also affected you your mental health you know do you need to get out in nature to support your mental well-being and do you notice a difference if you haven't been able to get out and you know go for a cold water swim that day for example definitely yeah I definitely had one of those dips a few weeks ago I think you know after that third lockdown announcement it was like oh here we go again the weather is rubbish it's cold the snow was coming and there was a bit of wallowing there which you know I am an advocate of, of acknowledging that and actually not moving because actually the I find it harder to not move <laughs> than to move so um I notice that I sit, when I sit there and I just allow myself to feel that that's fine. But if I let it continue, I know that that mindset and energy is not conducive to how I want to show up and the energy I want to bring to my work and my life. So I then, you know, wrap up and, and, and feel battered by the elements and reinvigorated. And then, okay, it, it raises the serotonin, the vitamin D works, it's magic. And, you know, I feel like I come back with more clarity, more energy, and um, yeah, I'm grateful for the 40 mile an hour winds and sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really interesting to hear you talking about recognizing when you need to slow down. You know, I'm very similar. I, I like to be outside moving and doing stuff, but sometimes it's important to know when you need stillness and 
also recognize and not feel guilty that it's okay to sit on your sofa for a couple of days and just eat cake. Double high five to that. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is super important um, to recognize these times. And obviously you don't want to be sat on your sofa eating cake um, for the foreseeable future. But it's okay to do that for a couple of days if your body really needs it, if your mind really needs it. Um, I know that before we started recording, we were chatting about a book that I've recently been reading called Wintering by Catherine May. And it's all about, you know, embracing the quieter times in your life. And obviously lockdown, this third lockdown really embraces that. Um, and interestingly, we have experienced it during winter when, you know, you look outside at nature and nature is taking a break. There's no colours you know, on the trees, it's a little greyer, the days are shorter, and maybe we need to make note of what nature is doing and do the same for ourselves and take that break so that when spring and summer comes around, we're full of energy um, and we can, you know, embrace the world. It's about finding balance. It really is. I mean, life is all about balance, isn't it? And that thing and kind of moving versus stillness and, um, you know, there is something I love about, I mean, autumn is one of my favorite seasons, you know, you get that beautiful kind of warmer, the ocean's still warm at the start and it kind of winds down. But I think there's something quite nurturing and, you know, diving into hibernation. If you look at nature, as you mentioned, that they kind of, the, the animals and the creatures are going into sleep for a while and the, and the seeds are under the earth kind of hatching and they're ready to kind of harvest. And I just think, you know, we can relate to a lot of those kind of systems and movements that nature does and has done for, for we, all the time and how we can kind of mirror that. And I think it's honoring the time and listening to the body when you just need to stop. And I'm still learning that one. Yeah, we're all on a journey. We're all always learning all the time now I know that earlier on you mentioned that you were an L NLP practitioner and a blue health coach um, but for anybody who doesn't know what an NLP practitioner is um, can you explain a little bit more about this and and why you decided to do it yeah for sure so NLP is neuro-linguistic programming um, and as my wonderful coach, um, Lizzie, describes it as um, having a, meaning, a meaningful existence. So this idea that we kind of start and reflecting and learning about our language patterns, like that internal chatter. I don't know if anyone else out there relates to that kind of like, you know, oh, oh I'm not good enough or oh, I'm, I'm, I can't get that job or oh, I'm not worthy of feeling loved or whatever it is that internal chatter happens. But sometimes that can then manifest into our, into our belief systems and our language and our, um, our body language and how we communicate with other people. So kind of the NLP modality really is to kind of really understand that and then to, you know, understand our belief systems and they could be limiting or liberating. You know, when I think about a limiting belief, it's, you know, that I'm not good enough versus, do you know what? I am good enough. And the language that I tell myself is that I'm, I'm awesome and I'm going to go out there into the world and, and live it. And therefore maybe more possibilities are open, more connections have made. Um, so I, I came to my NLP training, as I mentioned, in 2018 through a series of kind of personal life experiences that made me really want to understand the, the duality of the mind and the body. I've got a real fascination about the power of the mind and how, for me, I'm 
I'm still trying to work this out how I can share and navigate that through my dance and my yoga and my sup and and the things that I offer through full motion um but then that led me on to training my blue health coaching course last year which um was just the perfect union of the NLP and what I enjoy in nature because it's a coaching course so ultimately we're here to listen and to help other people navigate their own belief systems and states and help them find they're happy but ultimately we do that outside in nature and um you know, we can, we look at, we walk on beaches, we can go in the sea. Part of my training was, um, it was in October, it was red flagged on the beach in Morgan Porth, you know, no surfers are allowed in, no one was in. And, and Lizzie, we were in the group, we're like, we're going to do this. So kind of just running into the ocean, very sensibly, only up to our, you know, thighs, but just feeling that cold water and acknowledging the shifts that happen that all of a sudden, the stress that you brought to the day or the month, is irrelevant because right now nature water is is forcing you to be present it's 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 igniting your breathing system your respiratory system which in turn shifts your mindset and then all of a sudden you dive into these kind of conversations of coaching and then new conversations and new patterns and new metaphors are evolving for the landscape that we're immersed in so it was just a, a wonderful experience to kind of go from NLP into blue health coaching. And, you know, unfortunately because of the lockdown, I haven't got to actively um, work with people face to face, but the, the plan is to um, primarily work with young people. I'm really passionate about helping people's mental health and, and, and well-being. but, you know, getting out on the beach, having conversations, getting in the sea for a swim or a chat and um, helping people find their, find their zing. Yeah, and I often think, you know, this sort of materialistic world that we find ourselves in can sort of mask the fact that nature has all the answers. And if we just take time to observe what's going on in nature, it can help us guide, you know, guide ourselves on this life that we're on. Um, if we if we just if we just look hard enough. And even if you haven't got a landscape of a beach or, you know, um, of the ocean, you know, looking out your window and looking at the movement of the clouds and tapping into where the weather systems are that day. And, you know, if it's battering like hail or snow or side wind and, you know, in your in the city or the town, just go out and feel that because it, the idea with the NLP, you, you're really tapping into your senses. Yeah, you kind of, what can you see? What can you smell? What can you feel on your body? And that sense of a lot intensively alive, as Eckhart totally says, like nature is there. It's a free resource and it's in abundance wherever we are in the world. And I think sometimes we lose sight of, of tapping into that and allowing nature to guide us. And essentially as us as humans, fundamentally getting back to our natural beings. You know, we weren't born to be attached to our laptops or Zoom or our mm -hmm. smartphones and Facebook and, you know, all these emails that young people and, and as adults we experience. We, you know, we're, we're born to kind of be connected to the earth. And, mm -hmm. and I believe that, you know, the more connected we are with the earth, the kinder we're going we're gonna to want to be to it. And I know that, that you're now a vegan and, you know, you do a lot of things like litter picks. Um, so ha have you noticed this, this, this ripple? Definitely. Yeah. And I think about my journey, you know, I'm from West London originally to then go and live in, in Windsor for 14 years. Very lucky to have the lakes and the River Thames and the forest there. But then to find myself coming to Cornwall where the space is more vast and expansive and rugged. I um, it's 
I feel an affinity now, particularly with the water. I just, you know, a bit of a water baby. And um, when I'm swimming and I'm with my goggles looking down and I can see plastic, that really saddens me. And I just, you know, another quote that is, is really, I'm really passionate about is, you know, Gandhi's very famous, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And that I'm, is really stuck with my heart now. Like that is my promise to myself and the planet that I want to show up be the best version of myself, treat people how I want to be treated and treat wildlife and nature and the ocean. We, you know, it's so precious. We, we all know the effects of what's happening to the planet right now. And I just think if we can all litter pick wherever we are, um, the food choices and, and, you know, how I shop now is different. And yeah, it's just having an awareness of the bigger picture and that we all play a really important part to that. I think it's very easy to think, oh, it's a huge problem. And what am I going to be able to do? But but we can, you know, these little little changes can make big differences. Indeed, it really is. You know, down to, you know, from designing go um, to a vegan, the, the fascination about, um, you know, really researching about where the food's grown and how I sh- shop local and even, you know, to the bottles and the not wanting to buy plastic bottles and how can I recycle? So I've got this cupboard full of all old containers now, which I'm so excited to put my new herbs and spices in soon. Yeah. And, and then making that enjoyable. It's not a chore. It's not like, yeah. oh, I'm vegan. Oh, you're missing out. Oh no, I am feeling alive. I've got more energy or it's so lovely to um, walk on a beach without rubbish. Like how amazing is that? So if we all play our part, then we all get to enjoy it, right? Yeah, there's such a positive answer to all of this and it sort of doesn't make sense, you know, why we're not doing it. Um, now, obviously you're a bit big advocate for nature, but, but nature could sometimes be a little scary. It can be a little overwhelming. I think it's really important that we remember this um and we remember to respect it um has there ever been any times when you've been a little little overwhelmed by the elements i love this question (laughs) took me back to a time which was one of the best days of my life when it came to doing an endurance event because i do i do like giving them a go but it was back to the arc in um 2019 so the start of the coast to coast where i attempted my first 50 mile ultra marathon um uh, from um yeah south coast of cornwall up to porth town and it was 15 hours of running the coastline at the end of january during most of the in darkness up until midnight and um you know, I'm not fine of the dark and I'm, I love the coast, but it's very different in winter, in the dark, when it's like side wind battering you, rain, slippy cliffs, sheer drops down. And I do remember at one point going, what are you doing, Elaine? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? But in that moment, it was again, mother nature just saying, you are alive. You're, you're alive. Okay. You're, you're safe to the point where you need to keep your, your, your wits about you <laughs> you can only see a meter ahead with your head torch but I just think it was a it was a initially I was like oh my god this is really hard and I'm cold and I'm but then I was like actually Elaine how lucky are you to be able to do this mother nature is reminding you that um you're alive and kicking and you're not giving in and get your ass up that hill because you are crossing the finishing line <laughs> especially as you pay yeah, to do well, it I, I, I pay to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it wakes you up doesn't it um 
like you say, you know, it makes you very grateful to have a healthy working body that that can power through what what was going on. Exactly. And I just think we're, you know, we're alive right now. Why? Let's make the most of it. How can we just get out there, Mm -hmm. be alive, do what we want to do? And I, um, yeah, was grateful for that experience. I think that's one of the great things about the UK, actually. You know, we have the seasons, we have the sun, the, the snow, the rain, the wind. Um, so, you know, it keeps us on our toes. It really does. Right. <laughs> so, so do you have any other challenges coming up? You know, any more ideas bubbling? Yeah, there's some it, the things bubbling. It hasn't been fully formed yet, but it kind of is going to be linked to a Guinness Book of Records attempt. Um, culminating it building on the giving it back that I did around the coast of England and the coast to coast you know there's going to be an element of moving and there might be some swimming there might be some running um I'm hoping some dance as well um kind of combining four motion we're really passionate about connecting communities and I think more so than ever this last year has been such a challenge for so many people but we're going to try and work out a way of kind of reaching those people connecting people through dance but at the same time I'm going to be running or swimming and raising money for charity so that's kind of it very vaguely but yeah. um, that's kind of where I'm going mm, so watch this space um okay so looking back at the ripples you've made in your life what are the biggest lessons you've learned keeping your mind and body healthy mm, good question I think with age getting a little bit I'm not going to say wiser at all because it's <laughs> a kid at heart but I think just knowing when to press pause which I said I'm learning is learning to press pause and really listen, like really listen and feel what your body, mind and energy is telling you. I think I'm, I'm learning the, the ripple effect of kind of diving in enthusiastic as a child and active, active dance, 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 and then actually experiencing burnout in my life and breakups that have kind of affected my mental state or other things going on that actually, if we just press pause and embody how we're feeling, we can make informed choices of how we then want to move in a different direction. And I think once we kind of breathe and acknowledge the energy on how the body is feeling, we can then show up and, um, yeah, enjoy life. So that would be my my takeaway, I guess. Oh, that's so beautiful. And if anybody wanted to, um, you know, follow your journey and, you know, continue to follow your ripples, um where can they find you um and four motion too of course thank you so you can find us at fourmotioncic.com um all our socials are fourmotioncic as well on instagram and facebook and if you want to come and hang out on my instagram it's elaine underscore dancing yogi elaine underscore dancing yogi yeah definitely do you get to see elaine dancing in her kitchen doing yoga on the beach it, it makes you <laughs> want to get outside. It really does. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Elaine. I could I could carry on talking to you all day long. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just really inspired by what you're you're sharing with people. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Start Every Ripple podcast. If you like what you heard, then please do subscribe and write a review. It helps other like-minded souls find this podcast and means you'll never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, then the best place to find me is via Instagram. I'm at with underscore India. Or you can find my wellbeing hub at Finn and Flow. Thanks again and speak to you soon.